Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Heather, how's it going? Hey, it's going good, Mark. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. We are diving into... (laughs) Heather's mic might have just tipped over. (laughs) We're diving into a series for the next few weeks uh, called The Torah in the Gospels. And the big idea is, as you're reading through your Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are times where the thing behind the thing is bouncing off a text from the Old Testament or the Torah. And if you don't know, well, then you don't know how to read it. And so we want to look at some fun spots where Jesus intentionally says or does something where there's a whole backstory and conversation going on and just kind of give you eyes to see it and ears to hear it. So hopefully this will be fun. You ready to roll? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Do you remember a few episodes back when we were talking with James Whitman? Yeah. 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 And he was talking about connecting the Testaments. Yes. Yeah. So that's where we're headed today. And so we're going to be looking at what Ray Vanderlaan calls a biblical illusion. So it's a teaching tool that the rabbis used in the first century that would draw their listeners back to the Hebrew scriptures that would unpack a fuller meaning in their Mm -hmm. teaching in that moment. And so I have an example from the 21st century. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay. So you know how kids kind of use a lot of slang and they use these words that us old crunchy adults have no idea what they're talking about. And then you're lost and you're trying to fill in the context as best you can and not say something dumb at the same time. Yeah. And you're trying to be cool, but you're just not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know Mm -hmm. all about this. Yeah. That's the stage I live on a lot. And so, Mm -hmm. but so, Hey, so a few years ago I was hanging out with some girls and this one girl said to me, Hey Heather, you know, spill the tea. And I'm like, what? And I'm trying to be cool. Actually, I wasn't trying to be cool. I was legitimately like, I have no idea what you just said. I'm always scanning as a youth pastor for whether or not it's like inappropriate and we can't (laughs) talk about it. I'm trying to, I've got like my radar on if I haven't hurt because I've worked with enough students. Yeah. Like what comes next could be totally fine or it could be really bad. Indeed. Anyways. Yeah. So. Okay. Spill the tea. Yeah. So spill the tea means, you know, share the gossip, share the scoop, what's going on. Mm. And so, you know, behind that simple phrase, spill the tea was something more, right? Like it was an understanding of that. I'm supposed to tell you the whole story, what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so the scuttlebutt, the scuttlebutt, that's right. (laughs) For those of you that live in the 1950s. Right. And so, so the other day at youth group, this wild thing happened. I'm sitting there in small group and, um, the girls are teaching us some more slang words. And, uh, apparently one of the cool sayings that the kids are using these days is a uh, low key. And so low key is like, uh, used when you're kind of disappointed or upset. It's, it's this idea of like hitting the low key on a musical instrument. And it kind of makes like a, oh. like a want, want, right. So, so then in the small group, one of the girls was kind of sharing this disappointing story. And I just kind of go, Oh man, low key. And all the girls are like, <laughs> they went wild that you knew what they were they talking about. Did. They did. It was this great moment. And I felt, you know, semi cool for like five seconds. And so, but so the, the point is though, is that 
low key has a greater, deeper meaning than just hitting the low key on a musical instrument, right? For a teenager, it means a whole fuller meaning, right? It's this understanding of, oh, well, something disappointing has happened in that person's life. And so that's really a bummer, right? And so Jesus has these low key moments with his first century listeners all the time where he was contextually and culturally using these teaching tools to pull them into a deeper meaning, right? So Jesus says these things in the gospels that people go, what? But I know what he's saying. I know what he means, right? So just like the other day in youth group when I was like, oh, low key, the girls knew that I was communicating to that other kid. Oh, what a bummer. That's super disappointing, right? So, yeah, yeah. And yes. if you don't if you don't know, if you're not in the know of the backstory, like me as an adult, I had never heard that term when you were explaining it. And I was thinking, low key, like we won't make a big deal out of this. Yeah. It'll be kind of chill, right? That's not totally wrong meaning because I don't know I don't know what the thing behind the thing is, right? The thing behind the thing. That's right. And so cool. youth pastor, that's what we're helping you try to do over these next few weeks is to help you to see the thing behind the thing because we want to help you become a master teacher to your students. And so take these little things that we're teaching you these next few weeks, apply them to your ministry, steal all the good stuff and tell your kids about it because we want to help you become a master teacher of God's word to your kids. Right so on. For, so, so you ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so please. Heather's going to spill the tea on the text where Jesus goes into the temple and busts the place up. Right? Word. Yeah. So remember a few episodes ago when we were talking about the Sadducees? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, yeah, and they were, you know, being super corrupt about the way that they were using the temple and they were uh, exploiting people and taking advantage of people. And Jesus wasn't happy about it, right? And right. um, and so then he has this big teaching moment where he pulls his listeners back into the Hebrew scriptures. And a lot of us, as twenty first century Westerners reading the Bible, we understand that we understand what a cross reference is, right? We understand, oh. Well, Jesus said this thing that happened in, you know, Deuteronomy or in Leviticus or Isaiah or one of the other uh, prophets or something like that. But we don't understand that there's a fuller, deeper meaning into what he's saying. And that's what we want our listeners to help understand. Uh, or we, that's what we want our listeners to understand with us today. So in Matthew 21, um, 12 through 13, it says this, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Okay, now let's be honest. For us Westerners reading the Bible in the 21st century, what's our focus in those two scriptures? That he went in and like threw over the tables and was like, no doves for you, you know? (laughs) Totally, yeah. He went like super crazy cray on the people. And that's, the, that's our focal point, right? Like we're, we're imagining Jesus like ripped like the rock, you know, coming in there, throwing things around, just being all crazy. Right. And going to town and letting those people know yeah. what, what they're doing is wrong, but that's not the point. There's a bigger point that Jesus is making here. And it's in the scripture that follows it in uh, verse 13 it says, my house will be called a house of prayer. Boom. That's our first biblical allusion back to the Hebrew scriptures. So check this out. Okay. In Isaiah chapter 56, it says this in verses four through eight. I kind of skipped around a little bit with these, but 
This will help us understand what Jesus is saying. It says this, For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. These I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. And so in the fuller context of Isaiah 56, what Jesus is saying to his people is that, look, if this house continues to be a house of prayer for all peoples, if we are inviting all peoples to come and to worship me, then I'm going to bless you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to make my name great among you, right? Like life is going to be really good if you hold fast to my covenant, if you do these things, right? And That's so, the um, ideal, right? Yeah, for sure. And did you, did you start that with to the eunuchs? Did I yeah. hear that right? And then cut off. Oh, that's really clever Hebrew right there. First of all. Second of all, the eunuchs are supposed to be viewed as completely outside being able to approach the holy. Right. And that's a text that the temple that is God's house will allow them to come near because it will have such a great influence. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And just think in the first century of how many times the religious elite were keeping people out. Right. Yeah. And, and Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer for all peoples. All so by, peoples. so by like nodding back to that image, then he's mm-hmm. basically saying that was the ideal. Yeah. Look at what you've done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, now he's oh, going to flip it. This is brilliant. Here's where it gets good. Right. Okay. So he okay. says my house should be called a house of prayer. Okay. First biblical illusion. The people probably think to themselves, Hey, we're doing okay. Yeah. House of prayer. Okay. Yeah. God's ever going to be with us an everlasting covenant. It's going to be great. And then Jesus comes in with the right hook and he says, but you are making it a den of robbers. And that's where they all go. Oh no. Okay. And that's where we go to Jeremiah chapter seven, verses eight through 15. Okay. Check this. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Okay. So again, this is what his listeners would have been thinking in their mind when Jesus says those words. Okay. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go offer after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered only to go on doing all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? So boom, there's our, right? There's our illusion. Okay. And he says, behold, this is where it gets a little bit crazy. Okay. Okay. Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. Go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first and see what, what I did to it because of the evil of my people, Israel. And now because you have done all these things, declares the Lord. And when I spoke to you persistently, you did not listen. And when I called to you, you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house that is called by my name and in which you trust and to the place that I gave to you and to your fathers as I did to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight as I cast out all your kinsmen, all the offspring of Ephraim. Whoa. Yeah. So that's that's where it gets real, right? That's where his listeners would have been a little bit shaken in their boots because what Jesus is saying to them isn't just, oh, well, okay. So Jesus came in, you know, 
Hulk Hogan style starts throwing stuff around. And then he just kind of says, yeah, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer, but you guys are making it a den of robbers and thieves. No, what Jesus is saying is like, look, God's everlasting covenant was going to be with you as you made him the king, right? As you made him the Lord. But now because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, I'm going to cast you out of my sight. Yeah. You know what? O'Doyle, I have a feeling your whole family's going down. It's (laughs) that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so his listeners kind of would have been shocked. They kind of would have been sitting back and going, oh, whoa. So see, here's the thing, right? This is why so many people wanted to kill Jesus. (laughs) Because he was saying such honest, hard things to them. He was putting them in their place, just like he does here in Matthew chapter 21, with this awesome biblical illusion that he throws at his listeners. And so this is where I want us to kind of settle in on today is that, you know, you youth pastor have the ability to teach your kids the Bible in a way that could make them fall in love with the scriptures and could help them see that the Bible isn't just a book of stories. It's a book of connections. It connects one story to the next, one scripture to the next, one thing that happens in Israel's history to the next, and that the the Bible itself is constantly weaving itself together in a beautiful way to communicate to us something about God that should make us stand in awe, right? Like we should listen to these words of Jesus and stand in awe of who he is. I love that. It's true. It's it's woven together like a tapestry. And you just basically said, okay, we have the end of the thread in the gospels. Watch what happens when we track it down. Right. Yeah. Really cool. That's so beautiful. Yes. Look at back to back to this. I don't know that I've ever noticed this, but he says those things and we've realized the implications, like how intense and overturning it is. But then back to back, it says the blind and the lame came Mm. to him, came to Jesus at the temple and he healed them. Yeah. And they're shouting, Hosanna, save us to the son of David. Isn't that beautiful? It's like they knew right? They knew what Jesus yeah. was saying and they wanted it and they recognized that they needed it. And, and it kind of comes with this heart of repentance, right? Like, Jesus, I need you. Instead of like, you know, sometimes like, I don't know about you, Mark, but like, you know how sometimes like maybe your wife or, you know, in my case, my husband might come to me and be like, hey, Heather, um, you're being kind of disrespectful. And sometimes I want to be like, you know what? Forget you. <laughs> and then other times I'm like, no, I need to be humble. And I need to change my behavior. And I think sometimes in the Gospels, Jesus's listeners were like, forget you. And um, and there were other moments when they said, no, I need to be different. And this is one yeah. of those moments where his listeners said, I need to be different. And some didn't. And, you know, that, that's going to happen with our, with our students, sure. right? Like we could unpack the deep meaning of scripture and they might say, you know what? I don't want that. And that's going to happen. But friends... Um, we hope that this is something that you can put in your back pocket that you can get hungry about as you read the Bible and look for these moments and unpack the fuller meaning of what Jesus is saying to his listeners through this teaching um, called biblical illusion. That's awesome. Heather, this has been so fun. Um, don't forget everyone yeah. head over to first century youth to check out all sorts of ways to go farther, faster with understanding the context of Jesus and uh, how to disciple like Jesus discipled. If you haven't checked it out yet, we're taking a trip to Israel in August of 2022. And we'd love to have you 
um, along to learn all sorts of stuff like this in context. Imagine having this discussion where the temple used to stand. It would be powerful. powerful. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Let's do it. Great to be with you, everyone. And Heather, thanks so much for that. That was awesome. All right. See you guys later. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.